Welcome to 5-Minute Film Finder, brought to you by Pioneer Library System. Welcome back to 5-Minute Film Finder with the Pioneer Library System, where we review movies that you can find on our streaming services, Hoopla and Canopy. We are back with another special episode, our Deep Focus episode, where we dive into a movie a little bit longer than five minutes, something that we think is worthy. I am your hostess with the mostest, Tracy, and I am joined by... Yeah, you're joined by Kendall today. Yay, hi Kendall, how are you? I'm doing well. This is this is the second time I haven't been like hosting, and this is just fascinating to be on the other side of this. I, I was thinking about it before we came into the booth, I guess is what we'll call this. Yeah, we'll call it the booth. The recording room. Uh-huh. Um, that every time I've done one of these with you, you have been in the driver's seat, and we've been talking about a movie that you know a lot about, it's usually. Yeah. We've been talking about a movie that you are intimately familiar with. Oh, man. So much so. <laughs> I don't know how you talked me into this. Well, I know exactly how I talked you into this, which is that the movie that we were going to do got taken off of Canopy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were going to do Zodiac originally. We were. Super and... excited about it. And it got taken off of Canopy, and you said, what is a movie that you feel like you can really talk about? Mm-hmm. You was in Tracy, yeah, uh-huh. right. And I came to you with a few options. That's true, yeah. And the one that we ended up with is genuinely one of my favorite movies. And a movie I have never seen before. You've never seen before. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, 1987's Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yes. Uh, I'm, you know, passing familiarity with the movie, but man, am I out of my element with this. Yes. So I was going to say, as far as um, deep focus goes, we've talked about a few. The first episode we did, you and I did a pretty intense action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you and London talked about a pretty intense Kind of what I call a tour horror movie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, and then what we're talking about now is um, an absolutely. B- I was quoted saying the word "wild," wild over and over again. Yeah, apparently you would. Uh, why? I think they're all wild, but they're wild in very different ways. Oh, absolutely. Because I was going to say when you talk about RoboCop, what you talk we talked about a lot is the plot because that's what's wild in RoboCop. Right. What's wild in The Witch is kind of the I would say. The vibes, the ambiance. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's wild in Moonstruck is literally everything. Just really <laughs> everything. I I don't, I admittedly have like next to no history with rom-coms. And so this is like one of the rom-coms, you know? Yes, I was going to, so I was going to ask you, what is your opinion on rom-coms? Because sure. I, I would say Moonstruck is maybe a little bit more than a rom-com in my opinion. And I'll talk about that as we talk about the movie. But how do you personally, Kendall, feel about rom-coms? Sure. So that that's a good, that's a good, that's a good question. So I don't, I don't honestly, honestly, I really don't feel either way about it. Um, but I do want to tell a brief story if we have time. Oh, um, please. So I, in high school and early college, I used to play this game game with some friends that involved um, it was kind of a pseudo movie trivia game where you had to it was pretty much a game where you had a movie and an actor and you'd go person to person and you'd either have to name an actor that was in the said movie that was the chosen movie or a act or a movie that the actor was in I know that's kind of weird but it's like so say you had like Johnny Depp and you had the movie Saving Private Ryan and so if it was my turn I could say a movie that Johnny Depp was in or an actor from Saving Private Ryan and so you'd kind of alternate between every person until one person couldn't name either category and they were out okay. so you would just keep going um, and my friends quickly found out that all they would have to do is just get really familiar with rom-coms and like as, as I would just dominate in this game until they learned the tactic of bringing rom-coms into this and then I'm terrible at it with that so, so this is just a blind spot for you it's really a blind are. spot okay yeah. all right okay that's fascinating I you know I mean I love the, the classics you know uh Princess Bride I haven't mm-hmm. we talked about this before I haven't seen ha- when Harry met Sally but um yeah it's just something that growing up I had never been around and it's something I guess I could better familiarize myself with. Okay. All right. I, I, I'm excited that we talked about this then because I feel like in the pantheon of rom coms, Moonstruck is sort of in this really weird place where it is, in my opinion, a, a pretty much immaculate rom com. Like it is a, a borderline perfect rom com. And um it is one of the only rom coms ever nominated for the Oscars. Ah, yeah. Sure. So that um, sort of 
I'm going to say genre films aren't necessarily usually super awarded by the Oscars. They sort of get pushed back and they'll win like or they'll get nominated for screenwriting awards, Mm -hmm. which this one was as well. Mm -hmm. uh, But they won't get big, um, big awards attentions from the Oscars. And this one did, which is a great segue into us talking about this movie. Yeah. So Moonstruck. Yeah. No, it is. Mm -hmm. Moonstruck came out in 1987. Um the synopsis from IMDb, which I love IMDb's synopsis, synopses, because yeah. they um, n- are always so deliciously vague. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know the person that's writing them is like... <laughs> oh, they, there's like a, yeah, a coy giggle every time they put mm-hmm. one of these out. So the synopsis on IMDb is, Loretta Castorini, a bookkeeper from Brooklyn, New York, finds herself in a difficult situation when she falls for the brother of the man she has agreed to marry. And that's it. <laughs> you know, I mean, on the nose, like, I, I mean, I think it is in a literal sense what the movie's about. Um, but it, it's just so interesting. I really want to talk about certain parts of this movie, but I also really want you to explain them to me in a way. Oh, perfect. Because this is of, there are so few things that I would consider myself truly an expert on. Mm-hmm. And this movie is one of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I have seen this movie. I was telling you. I think between 15 and 20 times. You said this was like your feel-good movie, right? This is one of my movies that when I'm sad or in like a, a bad mood or I had a bad day, I throw this movie on. I would say any given day of the week, this is sort of flip-flops between one and two of my favorite movie of mm. all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, between mm-hmm. this and another immaculate rom-com, Clueless. <laughs> Clueless. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, that is my other absolute top tier favorite movie. Um, so a little bit more about Moonstruck, sort of getting into the uh, the the bones of the film. So director of this film is Norman Jewison, uh, three-time Oscar nominee there for Best Director. Uh, the other two movies that he was, he was nominated for Best Director for this movie. He was also nominated for In the Heat of the Night, the Sidney Poitier film. Mm. What a delicious last name, too, by the way. Sydney, everything about Sydney Poitier is delicious. <laughs> um, and then Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, there was you his go. Other, but he also directed, uh, are you ready for these? Rollerball? The original ro- Rollerball? The original Rollerball with James Caan. Wow. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, okay. And The Thomas Crown Affair, the original oh my one. <laughs> yeah. And then he also directed this perfect rom-com. So the movie was written by John Patrick Shanley, who Mm. um, did end up winning the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay for this film. Sure. Um, And he's written a bunch of, like, when I say a wildly diverse career in screenwriting, here we go. He wrote, um, so we discovered this the other day, he wrote both the play and the film Doubt, a parable. Ah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't think could be any more different than this film. <laughs> yeah, but in a way, it makes sense. But we'll, I guess we can talk about that in here in a minute. They're both but. melodramatic, I suppose, would be the, the tying in yeah. there. Yeah, okay, yeah. so here's some other films he wrote. He wrote um, the, oh, shoot, I just forgot his name. Kevin Klein vehicle, The January Man. Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's a weird one. <laughs> okay. He wrote We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. That is secretly like one of my favorite children's movies. John Patrick Shanley wrote We're, We're Back, Back, A Dinosaur Story. Starring John Goodman? <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> amazing. I think there's also, um, oh man, I had no idea. I'm so glad you didn't tell me this I before know. we recorded this. This movie, oh man, I love that movie so much. So okay. maybe that, um, he also wrote Congo? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean. Yeah. And then he wrote, anyone who is familiar with rom-coms and was bored last year, um, he wrote the absolutely off-the-rails Wild Mountain Time. You you came in, I, I don't know if it was the day after you watched it, you came into work or, or when, but it was soon after you had seen it and you just were completely over yourself about how wild this movie was. I think I screamed at literally every human being who would listen to me about Wild Mountain Time. It I haven't made my way to it. But I also scream at every human being who will listen to me about Moonstruck. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, Moonstruck, let's get into the cast, which is, I think, mm, tied with the screenplay for the best part of the movie. This cast is incredible. So, we have Cher as Loretta Castorini, our main character. Okay. Uh, Put a period right right here. We're going to stop. We're Uh going to stop and just say that um, I would say 98% of my love for this movie is just how 
perfect share is like as as a as an actress as uh, just a beautiful human being as speaking voice um this is a would not be what it is without share i think no share is i mean everything anyway like i love share uh mm-hmm. but share is so good in this movie and i think it's so good like she ended up she is one of the oscar winners from this she wins yeah. the oscar for best actress for this she i was doing some research on it whenever they were filming this movie like stopped a scene at one point with olympia dukakis and she said this is going to be a dud i'm doing terribly Oh, and I was like, oh, sure. "You were so wrong." She's yeah. incredible in this oh, movie. Oh, she's great. I honestly, I can't see anyone else being in that role. No, she is perfect. Um, but to bring it up, Olympia Dukakis, oh, wait, uh, you know, easily the second place. You yes, know. and also wins an Oscar for this movie. She's so uh, uh, she's... as as Loretta's mother, Rose mm-hmm. Castorini, Vincent Gardenia as her father, Cosmo Castorini, mm-hmm. who was also Oscar nominated. Then, um. One of my favorite character actors, Danny Aiello, as her betrothed Johnny Camareri. I was. It was weird. I I was only familiar with him uh, in Do the Right Thing. Yes. What a polar opposite role to play. Um, we will get into from Do it. the Right Thing, but uh, yeah, I was. He was great. He's great. Yes, and then um, her grandfather is played by. I'm probably gonna butcher this man's name, and I'm so sorry, Theodore. Kielipin Jr. as uh, just the character is called Old Man. You just gotta dive in sometimes. And sometimes you, know? you just gotta go for it, which is the second movie that we've talked about where a character is just called the Old Man, which oh. I think is hilarious. Was oh yeah in, in Robocop. Robocop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, her love interest, played by none other than a deliciously twenty-three-year-old Nicholas uh, Cage. Nicholas uh, Coppola. Yeah, he's. St- I think he's Nick Cage by this point. No, I think you're right. I just love that little fun, that little tidbit. I saw. I told somebody. Was I told you the other day, or I, so I told somebody that he was a Coppola, and they were like, "No way." I think oh it, no, I know he's a Coppola. Yeah, and, and they were. I was like, "Yeah, look it up." He, yeah, he is. He's a Coppola. He's, he's one of the Coppolas. Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Nephew, I think. Yeah. yeah so he's Sophia Coppola's cousin. Yeah. Yeah. No, full on. And he changed his name because he kind of didn't want to be. Uh, pigeonholed into being a Coppola. Which, like, I understand that. And, you know, Nicolas Cage, this is, I mean, what, he, he said he was, what, 23 when he, he did 23, this? 23, yeah. So, I mean, this was before he was the, you know, Nicolas Cage that we all know and love. Yeah, for sure. He had definitely already been in some some movies at this point, though. So he'd been in um, one of my favorite, another rom-com that you haven't seen. He'd been in Valley Girl already, which uh, London and Jamie did an episode on a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then he'd also already been in um, a, a film that did receive Oscar nominations, which is Peggy Sue Got Married. And who you, you just told me earlier, who won for that? There, somebody won for that. Kathleen Turner was nominated oh, for she was Peggy nominated Sue. For and okay. that is gotcha. a Francis Ford Coppola film. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. So um, and uh, Nick Cage actually got this job off of that movie because Cher saw him in that movie, loved him so much, forced the uh, kind of production team behind this movie to give him a screen test didn't like him at all mm-hmm. and she said she would walk off the film if they didn't cast him oh man put an much. ultimatum and because she was like you said because there's no one else who could have done this better than Cher, i don't think um they ended up going with it and we have the moonstruck that we have today which i think is a perfectly cast film yeah it's yeah, I mean, yeah. Is that what you want to talk about first? Honestly, we could start any place with this as far as the cast. It is kind of weird because, you know, a lot of these deep dives, we sort of run through the plot of the movie. And the plot of this movie is sort of like, hijinks ensues. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's yeah, it's uh, Johnny's mom's dying. Johnny's mom is dying. Um, and he is, f- well, we open up on this beautiful sort of love letter scene to mm-hmm. Christmas in New York. Oh, yeah. Well, this whole movie's a love letter to New York it is and it's so good it's so dreamy that's mm-hmm. part of why i love it so much it's just it's really like this really beautiful story about new york so we open up we're on the metropolitan opera we're moving scenes in for the opera la boheme oh yeah and we sort of jump into loretta castorini's life sure right and we find out that she is a bookkeeper for several kind of small businesses in town. And we get to see the practical side of her like right away. Like she is not a fanciful person. Mm-mm. She is very, very grounded. She's like making fun of the mortician who's like, I'm a genius. I make them look better than they did in real life. And she's like, if you're a genius, why do you have butter on your tie? <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. It's very tip. cute. And mm-hmm. then she sees the flower shop guy and she says, oh, anyone who buys flowers is wasting a lot of money on something they're going to have to throw in the trash the next day. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. goes, oh, I'm glad none of my customers are like you. And she goes, what are you talking? I love flowers. 
which is so she's so great in it already i i really like that by the way too i've noticed okay so i'll try to uh since this is my first time watching it i'm curious to see i i think this is purposeful but i like this whole movie is just constant contradictions with her and her family. Like, yes. like they're like, I'm, you know, yeah, like that scene right there, you mm-hmm. know, is talking about how it's like, oh, she hates flowers. Oh, she obviously hates flowers. Oh, but she loves flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's just like, it's quirky, but in a not, I would not say like a mid, you know, aughts, 2000s quirky way. No, it's, I'd say in like a mid aughts rom-com, her flaw would be that she's clumsy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she trips all the time. And, and, um, and it's just that in this, it's just that she's complicated. Yeah. She's right. a complicated, interesting person. Uh, so we jump into a scene um, where you were saying Johnny Camareri is her, I hate to say boyfriend because they don't really seem to like each other that much. Like they like each other, but they're not into each other. That okay, I will say that upon my first viewing, their whole relationship I was kind of scratching my head at. Do they is they never established how or why they're together, right? They're just together. Not really. So we we find out that Cher um and Johnny Camareri have been together for a while and he is gonna propose to her because mm. his mother is dying. Um and we find out at some point that Johnny knew Cher's dead husband. Cher is a widow. That's right, actually. No, you're right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, she she says that her last wedding was bad luck. All she's had with being married is bad luck. She got married in a courthouse. They didn't do any of it right. There were strangers outside the door. So when Johnny, who is this... I, I, the word that I used in my notes is he's like... He's like a schmuck. Like he's just... He's... Oh, he's goofy. He's rambling. He's... He's not, he's not a put together person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. He's kind of like a, a big kid, I guess. Uh, yeah, at some point, um, Cher's father in the movie calls him a big baby. He's Johnny Camarero. He's a big baby. He is a big baby, which is true. He is just like really awkward and very strange. But Cher wants to be married. Yeah. And Johnny Camareri is about to lose his mom, so he now needs a wife. It's so I love his scenes. He's so like he's so dramatic. Um I'm just gonna because it really it's pointed at him. I, I told you when I first watched this and then I told we were gonna talk on the podcast. This film is like almost like at times like an anti like godfather American Italiano film. Uh-huh. Like it you know, it takes this male character who like in any other director mafioso type thing, they'd be like they would solve all the problems for better or for worse and you know, it would be stuck in their decisions and it's like him like I think there's what does she say? There's a scene where um you know, she's like, take a hat with you. Like, don't let your hat, you know, like if the sun's out, be wearing a hat. Like, just like little motherly things. Oh, it's the same thing in this scene with the restaurant that she's like, you don't want the fish. You're about to get on a plane. You'll That's throw right. up if you eat this oily fish. We, we're going to order manicotti. Right. And right. it's just, he, and he goes like, you take care of me. And she's just like, <laughs> yeah, because you're going to die if I don't. Right. Well, it's almost like I love it because it's it's almost like John Patrick. Is it John Patrick Shanley? Am I yes. saying that right? John Patrick Shanley is like, he's like. It's almost like him being a viewer to those those Italian, you know, American films, him being a viewer in the audience and being like, you know, you, these things you want to say to these men who take themselves too seriously. And it's almost like his response to that of him is this character. Like, no, you're being ridiculous. Yeah, you're being ridiculous. Yeah, and he and he is. And so she goes through and says, I had bad luck. Get down on your knees. Where's my ring when, yeah. while you're proposing to me? He ends up using his pinky yeah, I was ring, say he uses his which pinky is so ring. cute, and um, and they are engaged. Yeah, right, and it and it's not very romantic. Um, I will say my favorite named character in in this entire movie is in this scene. It's Uncle Bobo. Bobo, that guy who runs Bobo. the restaurant. Yeah, yes, yeah. he's only in this scene, that, to my knowledge. Um, but I love the name Uncle Bobo, and they could not say that name enough. Yes, and he is. Uh, mortified that Johnny Camareri is getting married because he's been a good bachelor customer is what That's he right. says for, for like, for like for 20, 20 years or yeah. something like that. So yeah. if he gets married, then someone will actually cook food for him and he won't come to the Grand Tur- Grand Torino, I think is what it's called. I almost said Dan- Grand, Grand Torino, but that is <laughs> something else. That entirely. is a Clint Eastwood film. Yeah. Um, 
So we jump ahead to a, a scene that's really like a really small vignette scene, but ends up being one of the most important scenes in the movie um, because it has this line where uh, Cher goes to the liquor store. She's buying some celebratory champagne to tell her parents that she's getting engaged. And the couple in the liquor store are fighting. Mm, mm-hmm. And the wife is accusing him of looking at one of their customers. That's right. Sort of, we'll say lecherously. And mm-hmm. she says to him, uh, I've seen a wolf in everybody I've ever met. And I see a wolf in you. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, which ends up being a huge part of this film. So we, uh, and then he says, you know who I see in you? The girl I married. Which is. Oh, so sweet. So cute. So sweet. Um, and then they have a good laugh. Shares off to tell her parents that she's getting married. And we meet uh, Cosmo and Rose Castarini. Please uh, tell me your, your thoughts oh. on them. So, okay. I, so I, I will say this right now. I think Olympia Duke, Olympia Dukakis. Olympia Dukakis. I, I, I'm stumbling over all these names. Yeah. Um. I think she she stole the show in every scene she was in. Um. So honestly, I don't have that much to say about Cosmo. Mm-hmm. I love Olympia so much. Like she just was pure radiant. Like just great presence. Her and Cher are so well matched in this film. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You meet Cosmo, and basically you find out that he is. In this rut, he's afraid of dying. That's right. That's um, right. Cher tells him he, she's getting married. He said, it didn't work out for you well before. And she was like, well, you didn't pay for the wedding before. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's like, who's going to pay for it? And, you you know, are. Like, you are. And, yeah. And, and she, he's like, he's, you know, Olympia Dukakis is like, he's rich. Like, he'll pay for it. Yes. Uh, and Olympia Dukakis, her first line in the movie is they go to wake her up whenever they're going to tell her. And she just goes... Who died? (laughs) (laughs) She's just so great. She's so good. She's so, so much of this movie's magic is in the performances and Mm -hmm. is in the script and how well paced it is. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm just geeking out over something that hopefully if you've seen Moonstruck, you know I'm geeking out. If not, go watch Moonstruck like right now and then come back to listen to me geek out about it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's great though. I mean, you're right. And, And I think it's, and that scene, he even like he he marches off and starts playing a record, and she's like, ah, he'll play a record until he falls asleep, and he won't touch me tonight. Yes, and, like, <laughs> and it's Vicky Carr's uh, "Let It Please Be Him," which is one of my favorite yep. favorite songs ever. Uh, so we part of, we, of what we skipped over is whenever Johnny Camarillo gets on the plane to Sicily. This mm-hmm. is actually mm-hmm. the probably the most important part of the film. He says, I need you to call my brother Ronnie. Oh, yeah. Huge part of the film. Yeah. I need you to call my brother Ronnie and invite him to the wedding. We've had bad blood for the last five years. And I, I need it to be done. Nothing is more important than family. Yeah. And again, I'll, I'll insert, again, it's that anti-Godfather here. It's that, you know, like, oh, you're like, oh, what happened? Ooh, what happened between them? Like, oh, something bad happened. And it's like, you know, you eventually find out, but it's nowhere near, like, it's nothing really, I would say, as dramatic as The Godfather. You know, like, but it, again, it's trying to play off your expectations as a viewer that it's like, ooh, like, I wonder what these... This oh, yeah, you think something really bad has happened. And I think now is a great time to point out that this this movie is a love letter to New York. It is also a love letter to opera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This movie is obsessed with opera and... Everything in this movie is probably why you kept telling Tyler, our coworker, that was so wild. Everything is brought up to an operatic level. It's true. Of drama, but that is what makes it so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we try to call Ronnie Camareri mm-hmm. to invite him to the wedding. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work out. So Cher decides to go down to the bakery. Yeah, because she he talks on the phone and he's just like I think he just says something about hating his brother and hangs up the phone. Yeah, and she screams animal and hangs yeah, that's up right, the phone, that's right. which is fabulous. Um, and so she goes down to the bakery to try to reason with him. Yeah, which and, by the way I'll say with this bakery and then the store she was in earlier, the set pieces they use for this film they look like they're all real locations for the most part. So this was all shot on location in a few areas of New York. Um, The house that they live in, um, the address is actually mentioned in the film. It's the actual address of the house. It's 19 Cranberry Street in Brooklyn Heights. I'm sure the owners love that. Uh, It's got a plaque on it. Oh, fun. It was built in like the 1800s. Like this is an actual house in Brooklyn Heights. Like all of this was very much shot on location. That's a very cool, fun fact. very New York. Um, so we go to this very New York bakery. Mm-hmm. We go downstairs and we meet. Oh man, Ronnie Camerari. Oh man, and um, do you think? Okay, 
So you have seen this film many times. We've already established that. This oh, yeah. is my first time. Mm-hmm. We've already established that. I do you think that if someone is watching for this movie for the first time and they see Nicolas Cage and it's he's he is never not Nicolas Cage. Like let's be honest. In any oh, movie no. he's in, he's always kind of Nicolas Cage to an extent, but it's kinda of like on a meter. It's like one to ten. Mm-hmm. And it's like I I, I while I thoroughly enjoyed him in this movie, I just I just can't not see Nicolas Cage. You know, it's like he's just so unique, and it's just what a scene this is. Yes, um, and so we were talking about earlier. One of the people who was considered for this part over Nick Cage was Peter Gallagher. Yeah, um, who could not have done this scene like this. Yeah, I agree. I to see Peter Gallagher with a wooden hand would have been more offsetting, but for some reason Nicholas Cage with a wooden hand, I was like, yeah, I I buy it. I it buy it. It makes so much sense. <laughs> you just see him. So we learned that the reason that uh, Ronnie and Johnny have bad blood is mm-hmm. that uh, Ronnie was working at the bakery five years ago. Yep. He was engaged to be married. Mm-hmm. Johnny came in and asked him for some bread. <laughs> <laughs> and it said what he was like, I wasn't paying attention. And, the... and his hand gets caught in the slicer. Yep. And it chewed his hand off. <laughs> when you got to the scene of the film, how, oh. how wide open was your mouth? It's so weird, Tracy. <laughs> it's so wild. This Okay, so this movie is like so grounded, okay? We've it, already talked about this. Like yes. It's so grounded, but then it, there's moments where you're like, what is happening right now? <laughs> it is. It, it's so, parts of it are so strange that it verges on like magical realism, except for that everything is something that could happen. It's true. But it's just, you go from, like you you know who these people are and then something so wild happens and what is wild in this scene is Nicolas Cage taking off his glove and That's right. holding up his hand mm-hmm. and doing th- the monologue that I love so much which is Johnny has his girl or no Johnny has his <laughs> hand Johnny has his bride where's my br- hand where's my bride what am I supposed to do just f- put away my heartache and forget and it's um I mean, I could never do it justice. No. Truly, I think this is, it's not a monologue because there are other, and people interject, but there's like, I think every person who is thinking about going to like acting school should have to do this monologue. (laughs) Yeah. This should be like Hamlet in this. No. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not memorable in the way of like, it's so bad memorable because like it is ham to an 11, you know? Oh, I would argue that it's a 12. But like, it's still like, it's just endearing in a way though. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. he, I don't know. There's just so many things going on that I can't put my finger on why it works. But it does. But it does. It's, it's, it's one of the things that whenever I was looking up stuff about this movie, there were weirdly a lot of retrospectives on it last year. And so many people are like, I don't know how to explain to people why this movie is so good. And it's because so much of it is in how genuinely magical the acting is. Yeah. And how genuinely magical the script is. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's the actors and their treatment of the source material. And it's so good. And this scene from Nicolas Cage is everything. And then even the bit characters have hilarious parts in this because Cher and Nicolas Cage decide to go talk away from the bakery. And you have this one bit part from a girl who works at the bakery who is madly in love with <laughs> Nicolas about, Cage. I forgot about that. <laughs> She's like, gives this little monologue about how like, I love this man, but I could never tell him because he's so broken because he lost his hand and his girl. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that because it never comes back to it. It's just like. You never see this woman again. Mm -mm. But the line read on it is. I mean, I'm like crying right now just talking (laughs) about it. It's so good. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know. It's this weird. You're right. Like, you are absolutely right that it is operatic in the way that it's like. It's still trying to be an original story to some extent, but it's also like a satire of pre-existing conditions and ideas. It's, yeah, it's this weird, like, it's, you, emotions can only be felt at their maximum extent. Yes, and and so that's why whenever people are, whenever I look up this movie and people are like, it's a rom-com, I'm like, no, it's like a satirical rom-dramedy it's so, I've never seen a movie like it. Like yeah. whenever I like I've never seen another movie that does what Moonstruck does nearly as well as Moonstruck. Yeah, absolutely. And so I mean, this is the scene 
you know, this is a scene that made you uncomfortable coming. Up this next. is the scene that made me uncomfortable. Too passionate. Yeah, because so they what they agree. She's like, I'm gonna cook you a steak. Yes, and he, he likes it well done. She's gonna cook it bloody to feed you blood. Yeah. Um. And then he likes it. He's like, what? Yeah. He says something like, It's good. And so they basically have this conversation about their love lives. And she's like, Any woman since this this wrong woman? And he says no. And he says, Any other man besides Johnny since your husband died? Because he got hit by a bus. Um. And. <laughs> She says, no. And he goes, well, you're stupid then. You're stupid too. And they sort of have this argument about who they are. Yeah. And and why they've done this. And she tells him, you didn't lose your hand because Ronnie made you look the other way. You cut your own hand off because you knew that was the wrong woman and you wouldn't get rid of her any other way. Mm, you're a wolf yeah and so you're a wolf you chewed your own foot off to be free of this woman (laughs) and he basically says what are you telling me she goes i'm telling you your life and he goes johnny made me cut my hand off he can make you lose your head and she goes he says a bride without a head she says a wolf without a foot and then they just start making out it's it's a lot, you it's, know. Oh, this is the most operatic I think the film yeah. gets. And again, it's those emotions at yeah, at a ten, at an eleven, at a twelve, like yeah, maybe a twenty-five, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, and and something I, this this scene works so well. And I when I was looking things up, apparently uh, Norman Jewison literally sent away all of the crew. Okay. It was just him, Sharon, Nicholas Cage, mm-hmm. and he made them do basically stage settings of this scene over and over and over again until he was happy with it. Sure. And yeah. then he finally shot it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't take shots of it. He was like, no, I want it perfect. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I think it worked Yeah. because it's, it is like, it's very off pudding like you said it made yeah. you uncomfortable well it's just like he like flips a table he yeah does. it's like yeah. it's like oh my gosh like it's that you know thing you've seen a million times but really only when it's being made fun of type thing yes and he does it with the utmost sincerity yeah the yeah. utmost like absolute commitment to it um and so then we have Sharon Nicholas Cage uh are uh romantically involved now yeah, they they. <laughs> I, I I will say, without getting into too much detail, I love when uh, Nicholas Cage is like carrying Cher off to you know, do to consummate their love, and mm-hmm. and uh, they she's like, I don't care, I don't care <laughs> yeah. about like, says, I'm taking you to the bed. She says, oh, I don't even care anymore. She I just gives up. Like you can see her fully slump in his arms. I know it's just, just like whatever. It's just this so is obviously like, happening. Melodramatic at times that it's uh-huh. just laughable. Yes, but. and then. This movie is so weird with what it cuts to. So we're in the middle of this very romantic love scene. And then we cut to this dinner scene. Yeah, yeah. That is uh, Cher's parents and her aunt and uncle, in which we get this really cute story about the moon. The moon. Tell me about the moon, Tracy. So uh, uh, her uncle Raymond and her aunt Rita are there, and he's telling this story about how whenever Cosmo and Rose first started dating, Cosmo would come and just look up at the windows of their house because he was so in love with Rose. And one night, there's this giant moon that comes in through the windows, and Raymond was wondering who brought that moon to their house, and he looked down at the ground, and it was Cosmo, and he thought Cosmo had brought the moon, because he was so in love with Rose that he brought this moon to wake her up and bring her downstairs to him. And it's very sweet, and then Cosmo ruins it all by saying, you dreamed that. I never did that. This Mm -hmm. never happened. Mm -hmm. And it's very sad, because... um, I guess, do we know at this point that Cosmo was cheating on Rose? No, you don't. Okay. You don't. Cosmo's cheating on Rose. Yeah, that's later that revealed. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of like this, without like a fantasy cutaway, it's kind of a snap back to reality. It's this idea of like, does love age as you age type thing? You know, like. Yeah. How does it, does it change? Does it stay the same? Yeah. Um, and so we cut to then all three of these couples that we're kind of dealing with in the movie, which are Sharon Nicholas Cage, um... Cosmo, I want to say Cosmo and Wanda. Every I know. Time. I just thought about that. I just thought about that too. That just goes to our age. Uh, shout <laughs> yeah. out to the fairly odd parents. parents. Uh, Cosmo and Rose and Raymond and Rita all see the moon, and they all see it in different ways. The, mm-hmm. the La, La Bella Luna mm-hmm. is out, um, and it's this magical moon that Raymond has seen in the past. And for Nick and uh, Nick Cage and Cher, for uh, Ronnie and Loretta, it's because they're falling in love for the first time. That's right. For Rose and Cosmo 
memo is that their love is kind of distant and they're kind of losing each other. Yeah, yeah. And then for Raymond and Rita, they're like falling back in love. Right. Very sweet. They have this very cute moment. And then we get a really cute scene with the old man and all of his dogs. Yeah. Her grandpa has like six dogs or something like that that he carries around with him the whole movie. Which share that thing you said about the old man actor and Sean Connery that you told me. Oh, that he, um, so he was in The Name of the Rose Mm -hmm. a couple years before this with Sean Connery. And they talked to Sean Connery about, um, casting Theodore in this movie and they were like what do you think do you think he'll be a good fit and he's like yeah if you want him to s- literally steal every scene in the movie that he's in and doesn't he absolutely and doesn't he ever because he's this scene is so cute he wants the dogs to howl at the moon and so he starts howling at the moon and he's like why will you make me wait howl and howl <laughs> it's so cute and it's so so much of this movie is just precious yes. which is I think why I watch it when I'm sad yeah absolutely it's just darling yeah so we have the aftermath of the magical moon now, where everything sort of starts to tumble down. Yeah. If it wasn't crazy before, it's crazy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cher wakes up, realizes what she'd done, tells Ronnie, I can never see you again. Yeah. You can't come right. to the wedding. He says, I can't do that. I'm in love with you. Yeah. I love how he goes, you're making me feel guilty. And she's like, you are guilty. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like, like a repeating we're line both between guilty. Them. And she's like, You've yeah. got these dangerous eyes. I should have known better. I should have seen it. We can never see each other again. And he goes, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna tell Johnny I'm in love with you. And she says, You can't. He said, Okay, then do this one thing for me. Mm-hmm. Come with me to the opera. To the opera. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I love two things. I love you and I love the opera. Very sweet. If I could have them together for one night then I would be happy. Which, like, good for him, affording opera tickets. Like, I mean, he's a, he, I don't think that's his bakery, is it? No, I think he just works there. So, I mean, good for him. Is I he think shows up family in, like, a does, maybe. Oh, he looks really good. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah. I'm like, good for you, man. Yeah, yeah, it's fabulous. So, we um, kind of flash through some scenes. We flash through a very funny confession scene that Cher has where she's like, <laughs> I love it. What, what is the, what is the, uh, this? She says, uh, I have the scene memorized because I'm a psycho. Oh, good, good. She says, uh, twice I've said the Lord's names in vain. <laughs> once I slept with the brother of my fiance and once I bounced a check at the liquor store, but that was kind of an accident. And, and the, 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 the uh, priest goes, wait, what was that second one? Or no, he goes, wait, what was that? What was that? And she goes, the check. <laughs> and he goes, she, he goes, well, if it was an accident, then it's not oh, a that's sin. Right, that's right. And then she goes, okay, good. And he goes, what was that second one again? <laughs> she goes, once I slept with the brother of my fiance. And all his response is, that's a pretty big sin. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I, I got a, I, this is probably my biggest laugh in the movie was at that part. <laughs> Just because it was so unexpected and delivered perfectly. It's so good. I, I don't even want to know how many times they went through rehearsal to get all of these, oh, like, man. this pacing. Because it's, it's down. It's quick. Yeah, it's quick. Um, but we do the confession scene. We run into Rose at confession, and we find mm-hmm. out that she thinks that Cosmo was cheating on her, which yeah. I think maybe at this point we do know to be true. Yes. Yeah. If not, know. we at least have suspicions. Yeah. But yeah. We mm-hmm. we have seen Cosmo and Mona. He's always gone. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he buys her the charm bracelet and says one of my favorite lines in the movies, which is, it's got birds and stars on it. I guess birds fly to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> which is... <laughs> Boy, if it shows you how good Cosmo is at romance. Um, right, right. So we get a great rom-com classic, the makeover scene with oh Cher. Oh, my gosh. How do you... Which, okay, you know what's funny is, is I, like, you know, the cover of this movie is always like Cher with her giant hair and just mm-hmm. gorgeous and beautiful. And so I was watching this movie and like, Never did I stop and be like, she's ugly. No, she no, needs she, a makeover. She's still share. Like, she's great at like I d- blows me away afterward. But it's just funny because I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. She was supposed and like I, I kind of like had a retrospective and I was like, she was supposed to be ugly through all this. She's supposed to be like frumpy. Yeah, is like, but like it, it is she's sort of this, nowhere near. Oh god, no! It's sort of like whenever like the here hi topical reference when the librarian takes off her glasses right. and everyone's like oh, she's beautiful and it's like Cher gets like some hair dye put in yeah, right, right. <laughs> they like cover her gray hairs is yeah. like why she goes to the hair salon so much hair though so much hair. oh it's uh, it's very like her hair's so big because it's full of secrets <laughs> <laughs> which oh I forgot to mention Cosmo has a fantastic line speaking uh-huh. to Loretta about Johnny I don't know uh-huh. if you remember this but he goes he always smiles without his teeth. What is he hiding? <laughs> yes, and I love... Uh, uh, I, I should have honestly just printed out the script for this movie and read it. 
Um, because that would explain how much I love this movie. Oh, it's so funny. There's so many small lines that are just like hilarious. They're so yeah. funny. Absolutely. And that was I was reading a Roger Ebert um, sort of reflection on this and he was like so many people forget that this was maybe the funniest movie of 1987 oh yeah like i get that it was a romantic movie but he was like but this movie's hysterical oh yeah absolutely it's so funny so she gets the makeover she goes and buys a dress she runs and literally runs into a couple of nuns after buying the dress which i think is so funny Mm -hmm. um and then we're at the opera we're at the opera nick cage is they're they're like looking for each other out front Mm -hmm. and nicholas cage looks all dapper and well done and it's like good for and Mr. she's Baker. beautiful. She I mean, is. it is. I, I told you I really want to talk about how radiant Cher is in this movie for no less than five minutes, which we've probably covered by now. But we yeah. are we are running long. So I, but I, just, uh, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's it's, beautiful. Uh, I can't. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna make noises about it for a second. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Uh, she's beautiful. She's so pretty. Yeah. Um, and they go to the opera, and we also find out that Cosmo and his kind of other yeah. woman are at the opera. Mm-hmm. He's parallel scenes. Um, and we see the opera. There's not really a ton going on with this. No. It's beautifully shot, I will yeah, say, is absolutely. what is what is probably got it. Some of the direction Oscars and things like is beautifully shot here. And Cher sort of has um I told you I like to watch movies that have won Oscars and be like, and this is where they won their oh, Oscar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, Cher wins her Oscar in this movie. There's a very sweet scene. They come back from like the intermission. And Nicolas Cage grabs her hand and she kisses it. They're watching La Boheme. Um, the woman in La Boheme is dying of tuberculosis and can no longer be with her lover. And they sort of shake hands to say goodbye. And like one beautiful mm-hmm. tear streams down Cher's face. And her and Nicolas Cage give each other the most meaningful glance you have seen <laughs> on. F- like it is weighted yeah yeah and i was like and then she turns back to the camera and she has like one tear streaming down each cheek and i'm like and that's where Cher won her oscar was right because it's like way close on her face yeah she looks stunning Mm -hmm. she looks sad in such a complicated way yeah it's she's a complicated woman she is she likes flowers and thinks they're awful yeah yeah it's you know and and i think it's funny too thinking about this movie in 2021 when we're recording this and it's like man you imagine a rom-com starring Cher and Nicolas cage (laughs) it's just but it works though i know it's like when you're describing it to somebody I've tried to get you to watch this film before, and we it's ended true. up watching it now. It's true. And the thing that I always say is, it's wild. Cher's in love with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And, like, if that's not enough to get you in on, like, price of admission, then, like, I don't know what else to say to you about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. It is better than that, but, like, that is how you're going to catch your target audience. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but that is important. I mean, you were right to point it out that we learned that, you know, uh, do they do they spot each other? I'm I'm blanking right they now. They like are downstairs. The opera is over, and they see each other. That's right. And That's right. Cher and her father confront each other, and it's very very funny that they're. He's like, "You're cheating," and she's like, "You're cheating," and then they're like, they make an agreement, and he goes. I didn't see you here, and she says, "I don't know if I oh, saw you here or what," right. which always makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Then parallel to this, we have this very odd scene with. Olympia Dukakis. Yeah, is this this is this where she's at the like she does she eat dinner with that gentleman or yes she, she yeah. does. So there's a guy who's been featured a couple times in the movie as sort of bringing out these women who are far too young for him. They always throw a drink in his face because he says something sexist. I didn't put together that that was that guy. Yeah, same I'm not guy. Lie. Yeah, no, same guy in both <laughs> seeds. The one girl, it's hilarious. She throws a drink at him and says, "Kiss my aspirations," which is hilarious. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, and they sort of have this dinner together, and Olympia Dukakis goes. Basically, like, I know my husband is cheating on me. Why do you think men chase women? Oh, yeah. And this is her scene, right? That you think oh. she won the Oscar for? Or one of them? Oh, I mean, Olympia Dukakis won the Oscar the second she woke up in that nightgown. Like, yeah. she's fabulous in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically says, like, well, I chase women because they're beautiful and I'm aging and I want to have something beautiful in my life because I feel like my life is meaningless now. And she goes, that's not it. You're stupid. (laughs) 
her bluntness Basically, is great. She goes, no, I think it's no. because they fear death, which is yeah. because she knows is what's happening with Cosmo. So they sort of have this almost will they, won't they thing. He walks her home. Yeah. He kisses her on the cheek. Yeah, he goes, uh, you know, I can't come in. And she mm-hmm. goes, no. And he goes, mm-hmm. oh, is someone home? And she goes, no, I'm married. You yeah, know, like, and yeah. it's it's one of her most important lines in the movie, I think, is she goes, I can't invite you in because I know who I am. Yeah. Right. And it's not it's not this. Mm-hmm. This is not who I am. So you got to go. It's, she says the weirdest line that always makes me laugh. She goes, I think you're a little boy. and You like to be bad. Mm-hmm. But she plays it off so well. But it will. But it, yeah, it strangely feels right at home in her character. It does. And so then shocker of all shockers, Rose goes inside and someone knocks on the door. We think maybe it's going to be the guy again. It's Johnny Camerary. Johnny Camerary. It's Johnny Camerary. He has some trouble with his luggage, but he's back from Palermo. And mom's okay. He's back from, it's a miracle his mother has lived. (laughs) And so we go in and Rose is talking to him and she poses him the same question. Yep. Why do men chase women? And his theory uh, is that God created women out of Adam's rib. Right. Uh, maybe men are just looking for that rib. And she goes, hmm. And then she goes, why would a man need more than one woman? And yeah. he says, because they fear death. Because they fear death. And she go- this is the one that I think. She goes, yes, oh, thank gotcha. you for answering my question. Because she just knew what she wanted already. Mm-hmm. She just wanted someone to tell her that. Yeah, sure. Yep. Which don't we all sometimes, you know? <sighs> yeah. Cosmo comes in and tells Johnny Camerary not to take any long trips. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He hates, he hates Johnny. I don't know if we talked about hates that. Hates him so much. Yeah. Um, well, we did talk about the teeth thing. Which is interesting because it's like, uh, you know, again, this movie, uh, something I realized when you were talking about it, this movie talks a lot about men and being young boys. And so it's like, I wonder if Cosmo sees himself in parts of him in Johnny or if he sees the opposite of what he is in Johnny. You know, it's like, I think it's just the, yeah, it's like the kind of mirror effect of characters and mm-hmm. he just hates them without even spending any time with them he absolutely does and i think the the problem is uh cosmo thinks he's a man but cosmo is absolutely a child yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so um he probably resents johnny for just openly being a child yeah sure uh but then uh, olympia dukakis gives another amazing li- a line read which you <laughs> <laughs> that is Fantastic. I don't want to do it because I'll, I'll butcher it, but I know you have it memorized, so I'm going to throw it to you. I think I also wrote it down, maybe. It's, yeah, I just said, I just want you to know that no matter what you do, you're going to die like everybody else. <laughs> like right as he walks in the door, out of, <laughs> to him, out of context. Yes. <laughs> and he just goes, thank you. He goes, thank you, Rose. And yeah, he goes upstairs. <laughs> um, and then we cut back to Nicolas Cage and Cher. They're on the street. She goes, I want to go home. And she goes, we're at your apartment. Yep. What? We're not at my house. We're at your apartment. And he goes, I lied. Yeah. I love you. Mm. And not like they told you love was going to be. Love is messy. We aren't perfect. Right. You're supposed to be with me. I need you to come upstairs with me. I need you. I, I need you to be this with me. Yeah, right. And she does. And she does. Yeah. She does. Um, he talks her into it. Yeah. He says a beautiful line, which I have written down here, which is, we are here to ruin ourselves and break our hearts and love the wrong people and die. Aww. And that's that's the opera of the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. very operas. We're here to mess up yep. royally. Yep. The uh, doomed love, doomed heroes. Make team. mistakes and then die. Yeah. So we wake up. It's the next morning. There's this gorgeous scene of Cher walking down the street in her dress. This mm-hmm. is probably Kicking the most beautiful. Can. Yeah, just very New York. She comes in. We're having this big dreamy moment. And then Olympia Dukakis is just like, where you been? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's so and she good. goes, you got a love bite on your neck. Yeah. Johnny Camerary is back from Palermo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming by this morning because you weren't here last she's night. She's holding this family together by, the, you know, she's the spine by the of the skin family. of her teeth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, I am going to get this family on track. So we get this sort of wild end to this movie that is just every character we've seen. It's a weird, it is a weird ending. I think it's genius. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to hear what you think about it, though, because I'm obsessed with it. So t- talk your way through what happens. Well, OK, so because they all kind of end up together, right? Like in the house. Yes. And they're like, uh, I'm trying to like think back again. I'm struggling with it being only one viewing, but it's like uh-huh. they 
uh, so uh, effectively, Johnny is with the family, and they who how does he find out? Remind me how he finds out about Ronnie. So and what happens is we start out in the kitchen. It's Olympic. It's uh, Rose and Loretta. Yep. And then knock on the door. Mm. We think it's Johnny. Mm. It's not Johnny. It's Ronnie. Okay. Ronnie comes oh, in. That's right. And has some oatmeal. Um, and then Cosmo comes downstairs. Cosmo and uh, Rose confront each other about him cheating. Oh, yes. Which yeah. is in a really beautiful scene where mm-hmm. he basically says, she says, I don't want you to see her anymore. And he says, there comes a time in a man's life when you find out it's built on nothing. And she goes, your life is not built on nothing. Mm-hmm. I love you. And it's very sweet. And you know that they are back together. Then Rita and Raymond come in. Mm. because mm-hmm. Cher forgot to take the bank deposit to the <laughs> bank for their store. <laughs> she thought maybe <laughs> they stole from them. <laughs> I forgot completely about this. <laughs> Which oh, is man. very funny. And then the grandpa comes downstairs and gives this big speech about how Cosmo needs to pay for the wedding, mm-hmm. Loretta's mm-hmm. wedding. And he goes, I'll pay for the wedding if there is one. Yeah. And right. then um, knock on the door. And we have Rita giving, once again, a perfect line where she goes, it's Johnny Camareri. Mm-hmm. And it's Johnny just comes weird, in. like, yeah, like, they almost like, it doesn't feel like they had to just throw together an ending because it works. But it's almost like they just have to have every character in one place. And they do, because the I would say the overarching theme of this movie is there's nothing more important than family. Yeah. As much as there is, it is a romance, mm-hmm. the theme of this movie is what's important is the family. Sure, sure. Um. So Johnny comes in and says, it's a miracle. That's right. <laughs> My mother has recovered. But there's a big butt attached there, right? Yeah. As soon as I told her we were getting married, she recovered. Yeah. Which means I can't marry you. Right. And Cher is furious. <laughs> Which is like. She says another line in the movie, which we haven't talked about, which he goes, and what he's, uh, Johnny says, in time you'll learn that this is the right thing. And she goes, in time I'll come to your funeral in a red dress. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So sassy. Oh, it's so, ah, the writing in this movie is incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we have proposal number two. Proposal number two. Just like, and, you know, it. It works. It's like, I don't know. This is where I will admit I got caught up on the film. But I honestly, it's almost, I didn't not enjoy the ending, but it's like I didn't, I guess I just didn't know how I wanted it to end and I didn't almost in a way want it to end. I don't know. It was weird. It was like, obviously they needed to resolve Johnny's storyline and like they're having this affair, but it's like, I don't know. It's just. Yeah, I didn't know where it was gonna where it was gonna take me. It does feel weird because they have known each other for, I'm gonna say, 32 hours. <laughs> if that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Absolutely. Like, yeah. so that is part of the weirdness. Um, but he just asks her to marry him. Has to ask Johnny if he can borrow mm-hmm. his pinky ring to propose because she refuses <laughs> right. not to be given a ring. Which is which earlier in the film they go it's temporary and she goes everything it's is temporary. temporary. <laughs> I really should have just brought the script and read it yeah, down. Absolutely. Really is absolutely. what we should have done. Um, <laughs> but, and then you get a scene where something earlier is whenever Loretta told her mom that she was getting married, she goes, do you love them? And she said, no. And she said, good. Mm-hmm. When you love them, they'll drive you crazy because they know they can. But do you like him? And she said, oh, yeah, no, he's a very nice man. So with Ronnie, she asked her the same question. She goes, do you love him? She goes, my, I love him awful. Oh, and she goes, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> She's so good. Tracy, she's so good. Olympia Dukakis is, should have been made president of the United States of America because oh, yeah. of how At good her performance in this film is. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the end of the movie is they of, yeah. all have champagne and then- They kind of have to like make Johnny drink with them, right? Yeah, they say, you're family now. And he is <laughs> yeah, so happy- because I think that's all he wanted yeah. was a family. Sure. And then now he has this one. Yeah, but it's not how you'd expect. No. And so he's very happy. And we sort of, I think maybe the most beautiful shot in the movie is we slowly pan out of the kitchen. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah. them 
drinking this champagne and it backs out into the living room onto this wall of family portraits. Yeah, yeah. And zooms in on this one that you assume is supposed to be some sort of great great grandpa, great very old timey old timey couple. And that's that's the last frame of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Is this focus on the family. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. It was that's, beautiful. That's Moonstruck. That's Moonstruck. So, uh what We've talked through the whole thing. Yeah, what, pretty much. What do you think about this movie? It was something that I honestly, I don't think I would have watched on my own. It's There's nothing against it. Again, it, rom-coms are kind of a blind spot to me, but it's just, it is one that I'm passing familiarity with, but I am uh, ever so grateful that you uh, made me watch it because it's great. And, and, you know, I see why people, I mean, I, when I was in college, I had a lot of theater friends that always loved it and would always talk about it. And it's just kind of this thing that always kind of shows up. But it's, you know, I would argue it's kind of has a niche crowd, though, too. Like it's it does. And I think it's because it is it is a rom-com, which most people sort of consider sort of a pretty I don't want to say base because that sounds pretty. But it's a genre film. Rom-coms are a genre film and genre films never get as much praise as sort of like big, broad scope films. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one is just so particular and it's yeah. so it has such a viewpoint um and isn't just about one couple falling in love it's about all these different dynamics of relationships and i i think it's so good and i think it really set the stage and doesn't get the credit for a lot of rom-coms that came after it mm-hmm. and when i think of this movie the like movie that i can think to pair it with the most which i'm not sure if you've seen or not is my big fat greek wedding i have i have not i have not okay you should i feel like this movie is absolutely the precursor to that like i do not think that that film would exist without this film okay and that film also got a a screenwriting nomination at the oscars um they they're very very similar kind of vibes of like we have this big family and we're bringing in somebody else um and all the dynamics of a family so i i love this movie i think it is the best kind of rom-com which is one that is ridiculously smart like mm-hmm. we've talked about the writing in this movie for hours it feels like but it yeah. just it's so sharp it knows exactly what it is but it also walks this very fine line of being camp i would say yeah, yeah. um but also being grounded. It's just a really, really interesting film. And I love it so much because Cher and Olympia Dukakis. And it's just, yeah. And and honestly, Nicolas Cage, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. I I honestly, I would fully recommend it. And I think it's it's a, it makes sense why it's like a baseline rom-com now. I think I think it does too. Um, so one of the things we usually do at the end of this is we kind of give a, a grade to this film. I bet I can guess yours. May, yeah, you probably can. Um, <laughs> I will go ahead and say mine. I suppose to me, this film is an A plus. Like, yeah, yeah, shocking I, no one. I feel like, but, I, you know, I just think it's a borderline perfect film. Uh, it's uh, to use a word that you don't throw around often, a masterpiece. A masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Do I use that word a lot? I don't know. You always say that you don't throw that word around. Oh, I a try lot. not to. No. Yeah, <laughs> but I do genuinely think this movie is. A masterpiece. Um, but what what do you think? You have yeah, a you have a I, little bit more film knowledge sure. than I do. Oh no! I mean, eh. you know, I think I, based off of my first viewing, I would say I would give it a B plus. Um, now I I think the more I sit with it and the more the quotes come to me and kind of the endearing nature of it, I think it might go higher. Uh, but first viewing, I think as far as age quality. Uh, to me and just watching it. I think B plus, I think is what I'll give it. I'm honestly really happy with that. Cool. Especially okay. knowing that you're not a huge rom-com person. Yeah, sure. I hope that maybe you'll take this home and watch it with your wife mm-hmm. and see what she thinks about it. And maybe you guys could talk about it because I do think this is a movie that weirdly gets better every time you watch it. Sure. Well, and a big thing for me, uh, without talking too much, I, I, I like things that I feel like I've never seen before, even if it's ideas that I've seen before. And so I feel like this movie is singular in nature it's something that i feel like i i I will always envision share with it i think it helps that share doesn't have a big acting you know repertoire beyond this uh but yeah i think it's something that will stick in my mind and kind of sits in its own category i don't think you could make me any happier than saying exactly that (laughs) that makes uh, because this is how i feel like this movie is a singular film and so to hear you say that makes me very happy (laughs) i think that we're probably 
Yeah, at I a wrap think, up point. I think point. that's Moonstruck. I think that's Moonstruck. I think that's probably more Moonstruck than anybody asked for. <laughs> Are we at the the runtime of Moonstruck yet? <laughs> it's an hour and like forty. It's a hundred and ten minutes. I yeah. think so. <laughs> We're not quite. We're not quite there. Um, so I want to thank everybody for listening to Five Minute Film Finder. I want to thank Kendall for being my. Oh, sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Lovely guest today Mm -hmm. on a film that he wasn't quite sure about, but I think we got to a good place on. I think absolutely we did, Tracy. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, If you enjoyed this, please check out our other episodes of 5-Minute Film Finder wherever you get your podcasts. Please like and subscribe. Please comment on those or send us an email at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org. We're always ready to hear your comments and hopefully compliments. (laughs) Only compliments. (laughs) No, constructive criticism is welcome, too. Constructive criticism, compliments, and um, general discussion on how lovely we are. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want. Um, So thank you so much for listening. Please stick us out there. Please be sure that you're using Hoopla and Canopy to find tons of great movies like the ones that we've talked about. If you have any suggestions for anything that you really want us to cover, also send us an email and maybe we'll cover it from Hoopla and Canopy. Yeah, absolutely. We'll give you a shout out, too. For sure. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.